There are a variety of different waves around us all the time, some carrying enough energy to cause serious harm, some carrying so little as to be near undetectable. Some have wavelengths so long that they have to be measured in kilometres, some are so short that they're smaller than an atom. What's the same with all of these waves are the words we use to describe them. There are four main ways we can describe waves depending on the properties we're interested in – wavelength, amplitude, frequency and time period. First, let's look at wavelength. This is the distance between two alike points on a wave. The word alike is extremely important and there are two conditions a part of a wave must meet to be truly considered alike. Firstly, picture a wave in your mind with its repeating peaks and troughs. Now pick a point on that wave somewhere between a peak and a trough. To find another point which is identical to our point, we need to move along the wave sideways until we find the next part of the wave which is at the same height as our first point. It might be tempting to think that this is our alike point, but we're not quite there yet. The two points we now have are at the same height, but as the line of the wave passes through each of them, it will be going in a different direction. For one point, the line will be on its way up to a peak, for the other, it will be on its way down to a trough. To find a truly alike point, we need to continue to the next part of the wave, which is at the same height as both our first and second points. This time, the line of the wave will be passing through the point at the same height and in the same direction. The distance in metres between the two points we've just identified is the wavelength of the wave. The easiest way to measure this is to find the distance between one peak and the next, or one trough and the next. This is because peaks and troughs are very easy to identify. The wavelength of a longitudinal wave can be found in a similar way, but with this one you need to measure the distance between two successive compressions. Next, we have amplitude. The amplitude of a wave tells you how far the particles have been disturbed by the wave as it passes. It can be measured by finding the distance in metres between a peak and the zero line. You could also just as easily use a trough instead of a peak, both will give the same result. Just be careful not to measure the distance between a peak and a trough, as this will result in an answer which is double the amplitude of the wave. The amplitude of a longitudinal wave, on the other hand, can't be easily measured, but it can be described by seeing how squashed the compressions are. The closer the particles, the greater the amplitude. Our third term is frequency. The definition for frequency draws on one of our other keywords, wavelength. The frequency of a wave is the number of complete wavelengths that pass a point in one second. It's measured in hertz, but often unit prefixes are needed, such as mega or milli, to cope with the range of frequencies we find in nature. For a wave of a given speed, the shorter the wavelength, the greater the frequency, but frequency and wavelength have a more complex relationship which we'll explore later. Finally, we have time period, sometimes just called period. This is the time it takes in seconds for a single complete wavelength to pass a point. This definition is very similar to the one for frequency, so be careful not to get them confused. Frequency and time period do have a mathematical link between them that means if we know the value of one, then we can calculate the other. That relationship is frequency equals one over time period. This means if we have a wave with a time period of four seconds, it will have a frequency of one over four, or 0.25 hertz. This relationship can be extremely helpful as often we can easily measure one of these variables, but not the other. There is one final link between some of these words. This involves wave speed, which is the speed at which a wave travels. If we multiply the frequency of a wave by its wavelength, we'll find the speed of that wave, so wave speed equals frequency times wavelength. 
This equation has many uses, such as finding the speed of sound, but it can also be rearranged and used to find the frequency or wavelength of a wave that we know the speed of. Bringing the relationship between frequency and time period into the mix, we can even use this to find out the time period of a wave, making it very useful indeed. Thanks for listening to this episode of SciBoost. If you liked it and want to hear more, please consider liking and subscribing wherever you get your podcasts. Take care.